0: One of the things that has been going on is this relentless search in the marketplace for something that works in B2B consistently. And AI is the latest. And I think AI does hold huge promise, but not the way people think. My point of view is pretty simple people do things that computers can't come close to doing. And computers do things that people can't come close to doing. Computers go very fast and they don't get bored. And people can figure out stuff about patterns they've never seen before. And they can interact with other human beings in a way that engenders trust. And if you can bring those together, magic happens. And I think that's the big trend right now is trying to bring together the human element with the computer element, which now is represented mostly by AI and big data and blah, blah, blah. It's really just the same old stuff is just computing faster and bringing those together in a way that actually moves the needle. Moves the needle, the needle. 90% I, see
1: I think I'm The marketing automation discussion. Hello and welcome to the marketing automation discussion. I'm your host Alex Glenn. Today's episode is all about sales automation, not just automating sales tasks like dialing but increasing yield from your phone sales system overall, both inbound and outbound. To ensure we bring value to all of you listeners today, we ask Chris Beal to join the discussion. We speak about must-haves versus nice-to-haves in sales, the human element of sales, what to do with your dead leads, and as always, we share a very valuable sales automation. Now, who is our guest today? The CEO of Lead Genius had this to say about our guest. Chris is hands down one of the most interesting business leaders, which I've had the pleasure to work with in my multi-decade technology career. Now, Chris Beal is the CEO of Connect and Sell, a SaaS company enabling you to have more conversations with your intended targets than serial dialing, either manual or technology enabled. Connect and Sell is a cloud-based SaaS, delivering more than 50 million, that's 50 million fully navigated dials a year, resulting in more than 2.5 million sales conversations. Chris, why don't you say hello? Hey, hello, Alex. All right, Chris. Well, uh, before we get into the real meat of this discussion, can you take us through the cliff notes of Chris, maybe a 30-second version of your evolution from physics to software to Connect and Sell?
0: I was uh, raised out in the desert without any people. And uh, so I grew up on books and math and stuff like that. And eventually ended up getting a, a degree in physics that also came with a degree in education and always had a strong interest in business. And actually the evolution went directly from physics to sales in a funny way. There was a medical issue that needed, uh, needed a little money to take care of involving my first wife and i became a fuller brush man overnight on the streets of phoenix knocking on doors and became very very successful in a matter of a couple of weeks by applying some i'll call it mathematical techniques to fuller brush that they hadn't thought of before won't go into that in detail but it, it turned me on to the world of sales something i'd had no interest in and a few years later not very much time later i ended up uh, taking my sort of technical bent and becoming a software engineer at Martin Marietta, um, first NCR, and then Martin Marietta. And what I noticed was that I would build stuff and it drove me crazy that salespeople wouldn't sell it appropriately. And so I finally just took up kind of plunging in and becoming the salesperson for my own products that I would build. Did my first startup in the early 1980s uh, on ERP system for people to know what one of those things is on Unix and C, if you know what those things are way back in the day. And went into the venture-financed uh, software development world for enterprise software, and my role always was that dual role. I was tended to be the inventor of the product, the guy who would drive the development of it, but then I would switch over and sort of become the, you know, the sales guy, um, especially with the with some of the big deals. And at some point along the way, here I was introduced to Connect and Sell. The math of Connect and Sell simply blew my mind. And I joined the company five minutes after meeting Sean McLaren, the CEO founder. And um, eventually one thing led to another and, you know, no good deed goes unpunished, I guess. Eventually they said, hey, why don't you be the CEO? Which is, you know, they give you a mop and a bucket and say, here's the job. So. That's uh, that's kind of the evolution.
1: Awesome, and I I have to ask you about the mathematical hack. If there is a very short version of what you were referring to when you say you found the mathematical hack in your sales at that first company back in Arizona. Yeah,
0: you know Fuller Brush. Most people don't know what it is. Um, nowadays, it's gone. But it was a company that was very very dominant in door to door sales, selling household products uh, back in the day. Venerable company, famous for having great salespeople, and When I was trained, and I put trained in quotes, it was very simple. You carried the bag and you sold the product, right? Whatever the products were, and there are thousands of these products. I thought the math was bad. I thought, for one thing, people aren't going to buy from you when they open the door. So let's divide the conversation into two conversations, one in which I would introduce myself and another in which I would come back after having done some research on whether there were any products that were appropriate for that individual person. And of course, there aren't that many demographics, so I didn't have to do that much research. So I called it the double tap. I would knock on the door and say, hi, I'm Chris Beal. I'm with the Fuller Brush Company. You probably don't know what Fuller Brush is. I sure don't. And that was actually the psychological twist that would get him to listen to me. And then I would just say, hey, you know, I just have one request. Oh, apparently we have some products. I've heard we have some anyway that are unusual and that are hard to find in stores or can't be found in stores. If I do some research and find one or two products I think will really change your life, do I have your permission to come back and spend five minutes sharing those products with you? And my door-to-close rate, ultimately, when I went through that process end-to-end on those hot streets in Phoenix, was about 92%. I sold 14 products out of the thousands, two to each demographic. That was part of the math. And made sure that one of them was something you would buy unless you hated me.
1: I love it. And, and that's kind of exactly where I thought this would go. It sounds like it's um, an account-based marketing tactic, ABM. You want to make sure that you're marketing and you're selling to the individual and not the company, not the masses. So it sounds like you found your way into the specific related data that you could find about the person and made sure that that was a part of your sales message and that was your hook, that was your in. It's great insight. So let's do this. The discussion today is obviously going to end as usual in an automation. Before we get into that, I want to talk about just any specific trends, anything that's interesting in your day-to-day right now.
0: Well, the big thing that's going on right now that I think is interesting is that we continue to do what I'll call flipping through a series of fads, trying to figure out B2B sales, B2B marketing and sales. And I think the root cause of all of that is that what used to work, which was actually talking to people who weren't in the same room as you, building trust and getting the buyer to trust the seller more than they trust themselves, then the key to B2B is buyers are naturally very very wary and they're wary because they're putting their career on the line not their money their career is worth more to them than their money you buy a tesla and it's a bad choice which i don't think is a bad choice but if it were one you know you're out you're out the uh, the salvage value of your tesla so to speak whereas if you buy a system for your company because you're responsible for doing that and you screw it up, you've got an issue, a reputational issue and a career issue. So buyers are cautious in B2B. And the way that we used to overcome that caution was through a trust relationship with the seller. Ultimately, the seller knows more than the buyer. That's just asymmetry of information in the marketplace. And so buyer throws his trust to the seller or her trust to the seller. And then all other sellers are kind of toast. They don't really have a chance in that account. That used to be done remotely with the human voice. And then it all went away, so to speak, or got attenuated in the 2003 to 2005 timeframe when voicemail became ubiquitous, was open to the outside where sellers would call and leave voicemails and people got tired of it and they stopped listening to voicemails. So So now the world is let everything go to voicemail and don't answer your voicemails, don't listen to them. So we've tried everything. We've tried email, social you know, account-based this, that, and the other. And you notice the fads, they, they're they like a flip book. One comes after another. Each one is going to solve all the problems. Each one springs up a whole bunch of helpers, vendors, this and that, service providers. And meanwhile, it's like, where are the numbers? Why aren't the numbers improving? So one of the, the, the things that has been going on is this relentless search in the marketplace for something that works in B2B consistently. And AI is the latest. And I think AI does hold huge promise, but not the way people think. My point of view is pretty simple. People do things that computers can't come close to doing, and computers do things that people can't come close to doing. Computers go very fast, and they don't get bored. And people can figure out stuff about patterns they've never, they've never seen before, and they can interact with other human beings in a way that engenders trust. And if you can bring those together, magic happens. And I think that's the big trend right now is trying to bring together the human element with the, I'll call it the the computer element, which now is represented mostly by AI and big data and blah, blah, blah. It's really just the same old stuff. It's just computing faster and bringing those together in a way that actually moves the needle.
1: That's wonderful. And I love the quote that you stated Or you said computers do things that people cannot come close to. And people do things that computers can't come close to. I think it's very crucial in today's environment that we realize and respect the human element. With all the AIs and the bots of the world, there's nothing that can replace the human touch. So thank you for saying that. Now let's talk about the future. Chris, what are the trends that you see evolving in the coming years with relation to sales and sales automation?
0: Yes, I think something that's going to happen, and in fact, I I just yesterday got a first signal back from an experiment in this area that indicates that there's promise down this road, is we will be able to work in sales similarly to how folks are trying to work with navigation systems and self-driving cars. So- when you when you map one onto the other when you think about what you'd like to be able to do in sales is keep the human element which allows you to be effective but gain the efficiency of having having computers do the work of finding out who should i be selling to what should i be selling to them so market exploration by uh, interaction between human beings who are talking to each other, and computers who are analyzing what happened as a result, leading to what you might call a self-driving car in sales, I think is a big, big trend. And we're actually doing some work with the folks over at at Node.io to make a a first self-driving car in sales, where there's a signal that comes back that says, here's something that happened that's interesting. An appointment got set. Let's dynamically modify the list of who we're trying to talk to and see if it we get automatic amplification of that signal to say, "Hey, we should talk to more folks like this and fewer like that." I think the arguments about uh, that happen internally about who we should be selling to will go away over time, and we'll let the actual experience that we have in addressing the marketplace and going and plunging into the market will that that experience amplified by, uh, by computers using AI, guide us into the micro segments where we, we will be most successful
1: next. I would love to check out that case study that you're putting out with Node. And for those of you who do not know what Node is, Node is a new data and analytics company focusing on business intelligence that's going to be very interesting. I'd love to see that. Chris, I gave you my version of the Connect and Sell, the Wikipedia version, but can you explain what Connect and Sell does?
0: Sure. What Connect and Sell does is lets a sales rep who needs to talk to somebody, so, so somebody on their list, not just an individual, but a kind of person right? who represents the a market or folks who attended a trade show or whatever it is. Have a conversation, a next conversation with somebody on their list in about three to four minutes with no effort. So salespeople have a very hard time getting folks on the phone nowadays because, as I said, phone calls tend to go to voicemail. And Connect and Sell basically removes that barrier and lets you call a sales conversation the same way you call an Uber. You simply click a button, you wait, there's a tone in your ear, pops up on the screen, shows you who you're talking with and what you're talking with them about. And to that person that you're calling, it's a completely normal phone call. No funny business, no sounds, no delays, no this, no that, nobody's introducing them. It's just a normal phone call. But the sales rep goes from talking to three or four people a day to effortlessly talking to 20, 30, 40, 50 people a day. They regain their sanity, the job becomes fun again. And of course, talking to 10 times as many people has the potential to lead to ten times as much business, or to let you be pickier about who you do business with.
1: So, five xing the amount of phone conversations a salesperson or your good salespeople can have in any given day. Which you can imagine if, uh, if you look at this from a reduction of overhead standpoint, reducing your overhead by eighty percent. Can imagine what this would do to your business now. What we're going to talk about is a specific automation using Connect and Sell, your CRM, obviously your sales team, and some recording analysis. So, Chris, why don't you give the specific tool recommendations to go ahead and leverage Connect and Sell in this automation? Sure.
0: So, at the center of it, of course, is the Connect and Sell Lightning product, which um, is a, a browser-based uh, application that you access both through your computer and through the telephone you can use any telephone it doesn't require a telephone system you can run it with an ipad and an iphone quite frankly and so that's at the heart of it and that's backed up by our technology that's doing the dialing but also our network of professional phone navigators connect and cell agents who make sure that every dial is navigated to its proper conclusion And again, one thing they don't do is ever talk to your target. So that's the core technology. You need to get your list from somewhere. So you need a CRM. Uh, You can actually either take the data out of the CRM and load it into Connect and Cell, or better yet, you can go through our half-hour to two-hour integration process and hook it up directly to Salesforce, to Microsoft Dynamics, to HubSpot, to Zoho, to Sugar, CRM, whatever it is that you, that you like for the most part. We've done a lot of integrations. They're very straightforward once they're pre-wired. And um, so then your lists come out of your CRM. They're either queries on objects like leads, contacts, campaign members, tasks, whatever you have, or they're reports that are in the CRM that we can attach to and treat as calling lists. And then the other part about the CRM integration is you'd love to have your salespeople stay in flow and just have conversations and not become data entry clerks. Most salespeople are not really uh, delighted by data entry, and they're not the best in the world at it in terms of either accuracy or consistency. So Connect and Sales Lightning product has got a way of wrapping up a conversation with just a couple of clicks. And... Uh, it updates the CRM for the rep. So the rep can go right on to the next conversation without having to do any data entry. And then thirdly, you'd love to have all of your future calls when somebody says, hey, I'm busy, but they're not going to put a a meeting on your calendar. You'd love to have those future calls all handled automatically. And that, again, is done within Connect and Sales Lightning application, but also integrated to the CRM. So those future calls become tasks that are automatically included in your calling list when it's time to follow up. Really, you're kind of done at that point. You have all the pieces, unless you have a, a desire to respond very quickly to inbounds that have come through your website or some other source. And then we do have an additional capability we call instant response. And we have a super version of it called lead injection, where you can actually hook, connect and sell up directly to your marketing automation system through a web hook and get sort of one, two second, maybe three second response time to uh, and to inbounds, to the first dial that goes back and then they get persisted in a way that is appropriate for your situation. So you can actually blend outbound calling and responses to inbounds with the same team. It allows you to leverage your talent in a different way. But it's pretty simple it's just the connect and Cell lightning application obviously you need a computer you need a browser we like chrome and in incognito mode because it's fast you need fast internet because you're going to have a screen pop that occurs and you, it's got to be quick and uh, obviously a, a good telephone you, know, you want to have a nice solid telephone connection and uh, everything else is sort of optional but the crm it's very smart to integrate to your crm because then everything becomes very easy. You can manage your lists. You can have lead pools shared by reps, a whole bunch of fancy stuff like that. But that's the essence of it.
1: Now, I love to relate everything to a real life situation. And I think a lot of our founders and a lot of our teams listening have multi-channel approach going. So you have your lists that you've enriched and you're using for cold outreach. Then you have your website, which has your forms embedded. Then you have your cold outreach email signatures, which have a phone number. Now, Connect and Sell does not deal with the inbound. So someone calling off your website, but what Connect and Sell does deal with from an inbound perspective is the web form. Can you talk about that real quick?
0: We do something special with inbound web forms. If you want to turn those into outbound phone calls automatically and do it immediately with somebody who is currently doing outbound, we can automate that process. That's that instant response slash lead injection thing that I talked about. And you bring up a wonderful point with regard to orchestration, sales engagement tools like uh, outreach.io. Outreach is a company we work very closely with and uh, they provide a means to manage a rep's uh, day, so to speak, the repertoire of things that they need to do and do it in a way that, that takes all those channels into account. Connect and Cell hooks up directly to outreach and allows you to take your tasks that are phone oriented and have them executed automatically for you instead of you having to do the work yourself. It prevents the problem of getting a buildup of past due tasks and I'll, I'll say kind of drains them off for you so that, that you can move forward in all of your other sequences. There's another element of this, too, that isn't obvious, which is in a multi-channel approach, traditionally, we use cold emails or cold social outreach in order to condition the market or soften the market up. We actually think there's strong evidence that that's not the, the optimal order. We think that order came about because it's so hard to reach people on the phone. It's like we may as well try them by email first. The optimal order appears to be to talk to somebody first. If you could talk to 30 people a day, now you want your, say, outreach system hooked up to connect and sell. So immediately after a phone call, you have a follow-up email, and that email will get opened. The open rates on emails, that follow conversations are incredibly high, and the response rates, click-through rates, everything else are incredibly high. Same thing with social, and frankly, the same thing with advertising. So we're doing some work with Terminus right now to do post-conversation retargeting. And we think that we call it talk to advertise. We think that's going to be a very powerful way of getting multi-channel to work when you're going conversations first rather than email first.
1: A couple things to unpack there. A, if you have your system running and you do receive inbound, it may be something where it's in your UI. If I'm a salesperson, you would just Pause the connect and sell application from bringing in those dials while you have an inbound phone uh, phone call. Now, um, if that's correct, and and now when you're talking about making sure that you are doing multi-channel correctly. Now, the mindset for a lot of founders, uh, not even just the mindset, the actual teams that a lot of founders are building these days, we're talking maybe towards uh, a lot of SaaS products, a lot of virtual products, is, uh, is around more savvy, technologically advanced sales professionals these days that may not have the cold calling experience that someone that has been trained in a cold calling atmosphere has. So can you maybe talk to those people where maybe you have a specific instance where you're working with a client That may have a lot of people on the phones, but they're more customer success driven individuals. They're not used to making cold quote unquote calls. If you do advise that that first touch point is a cold call, is there anything that you can say kind of works for those types of organizations that may not have a trained up cold calling team?
0: Absolutely. That's really the critical factor. I mean, we can get people on the phone for you. We can get those phone conversations. But if we, if you suck, we simply amplify suck. And, um, you know, we amplify whatever you got. Right. So and uh, there's a lot of suck out there. It turns out that we can take most teams. In fact, we haven't seen any exceptions yet a very simple four-week process where they learn how to be both effective on the phone and to have fun doing it. And those two go hand in hand. It's very interesting that if it isn't fun for you to talk on the phone, if it isn't fun to have those conversations, you're probably not going to be very good at it. And if you're not very good at it, it's not going to be fun. So the KPI I always look for is, is it fun? And we can take a team. Say we have one that we just did recently, and I'll be presenting this at the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals executive retreat tomorrow. I'll be presenting these results in detail, where we took a team that their test drive uh, that they did with Connect and Sell. They had about a three point eight five percent conversation to meeting conversion rate, and they were very hesitant on the phone, and you could hear it in their voice. In each one of them, one of them was a little better than the others. And it even included uh, somebody who wasn't a salesperson, in fact. It included a, a sales ops person who wanted to give it a try, but had no enthusiasm for the fun whatsoever. We took them through a four-week process. where in week one. They did a two-and-a-half-hour Connect and Sell blitz, which each one of them would have in that probably 12 to 15 conversations, immediately followed by a coaching session where they would learn how to handle the first eight seconds of the conversation. Hey, this is Chris from Connect and Sell. I know I'm an interruption. And I have 27 seconds to tell you why I called. That first 8 to 12 seconds is crucial to getting the conversation going, not just keeping somebody on, but setting the tone. Then in the next week, same thing, two-and-a-half-hour blitz, coaching session, listening to the recordings from the blitz that just happened, and getting coached on the next 27 seconds. So my 27 seconds would be, Alex, I believe we've discovered a breakthrough. That completely eliminates the waste and the frustration that keeps your best sales reps from using the phone effectively or maybe even using it at all. And the reason I reached out to you today, okay, we're done. That's the next 27 seconds. We'll coach them on that, on the intonation. And of course, they have to have the script. Get them sounding natural. Get them sounding confident. Week three, two and a half hour blitz coaching session. Now on asking for the meeting. Alex, the reason I reached out to you today is to get 15 minutes on your calendar to share that breakthrough with you. Do you happen to have your calendar available? Week four, same thing, but handling the objections. The standard objection is tell me more. The best way of handling that objection is, you know, Alex, we've learned the hard way that an ambush conversation like this is not a good setting for Discussing or going deeply into our product is next Tuesday at two o'clock or next Wednesday at three better for you. So, those are simple, simple things to be learned, but they take practice, they take guidance. And once somebody learns it, let's face it, if you can't cold call and you call yourself a salesperson, you're going to find out someday that you got a hole in your repertoire and it's going to hold you back the rest of your career. So, in four weeks, getting to both produce results, have fun. And, and learn how to do the hardest thing in sales, which is to cold call and make that a strength rather than a weakness is a, is a pretty cool little process.
1: Well, Chris, the stories are true. You give value with every single conversation you have. I hope everybody listening appreciates everything that you've said and has a ton of notes as I do. I will be releasing this as a part of an article So if you have not been taking notes and you would like to check out the article, you can head to automated.af to find that article on this discussion. Now, Chris, I would like to end with a CTA, a call to action for everybody listening. And I had a conversation with you last week about dead leads in my CRM. So these are accumulated leads that have been defined as do not call or dead or lost from years of outreach and years of enrichment. This is a list that you have found a lot of value in and you have been able to bring back to life. Can you mention specifics around dead leads and how our listeners can get something out of that list?
0: Absolutely. This is the richest source of future business that every company that we talk to has that they don't know what to do with. And in fact, they have usually abandoned them. So the dead leads or the dormant leads, the leads that came in somehow, whether that was a bought list or whether they came in through the website or they came in through trade shows or whatever, the folks who haven't been spoken with are your richest source of information. There's a funny emotional issue in sales. When we we reach out to somebody and they don't respond, we take it personally and say, oh, they must not be interested. And quite frankly, they're just busy and they're hard to get a hold of. And so uh, the interpretation should be at random. We didn't speak to these people. Let's see if we can speak to them. The the highest percentage of lead coverage to conversations that was ever seen by serious decisions when I queried this a few years ago is 9%. That means 91% of all the leads that are manufactured through your marketing processes are literally wasted at random. If you take those leads, you turn them into a connect and sell list and you talk to them, You'll get results that are simply shocking. And we do it ourselves. We'll, we actually recycle our closed loss, not just dead leads, but they've been all the way through discovery. And they said, no, that is our best campaign that we ever run. We let them sit and kind of ferment for about a year, and then we call them back. And that's our richest source of business for ourselves. And we believe that that's true for almost every company we work with.
1: All right, Chris. Well, I know you're in San Diego, and I don't want to take up too much more of your time. This has been extremely valuable. So anyone that wants to get a hold of you, wants to connect, where should they go?
0: Sure. I mean, I love LinkedIn. I'm Chris8649 out on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Reach out to me there and, and we can chat. And then the main thing that I'm looking for is folks who are interested in experiencing that test drive. It's free. It's fun. It's mind-blowing. And I call it like going to Disney World. Let's take the kids to Disney World and see if you want to come back.
1: Thank you again for the time, Chris. Let's do this again soon.
0: All right. Thanks, Alex. Enjoy the experience.
1: All right, sir. Have a good one. Take care.
0: Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
1: Yes, sir. And you mentioned something there that I think is very crucial, whether you have a five person sales team or a 50 person sales team is in making sure that the downtime between the calls is limited, and you do have that consistency factor and with anything you have the warm up and a consistency factor, and if you're doing a conversation every 30 minutes or every hour or every ten minutes versus every minute um, you lose that warm up and you lose that consistency factor so you need to get in that that kind of zone of this is how the conversation's going to go and you have to be able to react quickly and it has to be top of mind and i've been in too many situations where you know the product team has everything uh, buttoned up it's it's great product you know we've we've proven market uh, fit and we're ready to start scaling sales cold outreach and marketing are doing their thing, creating a ton of impressions, and uh, we have a lot of potential prospects into some sort of a CRM, and we have outsourced sales or in sales, and the one thing that's not ever consistent in those situations is you know, the, the actual dialing, the actual conversations. They tend to be sporadic, uh, whether you get someone on the phone now and then you take a support call, but I like the idea of using connect and sell to create that consistency, whether it's just a two-day blitz of just we're going to cold call Monday and Tuesday and we're going to connect connect and sell and we're going to have this dialer system running and we're going to get that consistency going and we're going to bang out these sales and then we're going to go back to business as usual or you run it in the mornings or you run it all day every day with your um, exclusive outbound sales team, but that consistency factor, that's, that's huge. And a lot of founders that aren't sales founders, they may be product driven or technology driven founders. They don't realize how important it is to make sure if you're going to start doing outbound, you've got to have that consistency factor. So I think that's another thing you guys solve for is just making sure that muscle is active, that sales muscle. So very important there. Um, and back to the uh, back to the automation. so let's wrap that up. and I know you're short on time here at least we're short on time. So if you could recount the where to start section of the automation, I know you mentioned sort of the CRM setup, um, steps to getting it connected. I, I think if we can just boil it down to connecting the form, the CRM and you don't have to do specifics, but just mention, Um, high level, the steps to make sure that the connect and sell system with the CRM is working properly between especially the form and the dialer and uh, your CRM. I love it. And we mentioned something when we first spoke, but um, the dead leads list, I think a, a really good call to action is, uh, and especially a use case, is, is leveraging maybe a, a year's worth of your dead data. Uh, those Those leads that are sitting in your CRM with phone numbers that you haven't reached out to in a long time and just maybe trying to get some life out of those leads. Can you mention what you spoke about when we first talked Just to wrap this up, um, a good CTA around dead lead data. I love, I love the visual of letting the lead ferment for a year. That's wonderful. So yeah, and I think a good relation that I can picture is a lot of companies will take their their uh, do not contact list, whatever that status is, and a lot of those people are brought in to the do not contact list from a cold email outreach where someone will mark it as um, unsubscribe or spam. And they get automatically sorted into this do not contact bucket, which uh, may not be entirely correct, where that person may just not want to receive that sort of email or it was not timely enough, what have you. But that doesn't mean that they're not interested. That doesn't mean that they're not a potential customer. So take that data, hand it off to Chris and his team, run it through Connect and Sell and see what you get out of it. So I think that's a great call to action. That's great to end on. And Chris, I can tell you, man, the stories were true. you provide value in every conversation you have and I think we gave the audience some very, very good stuff here. We talked a lot about sales in general, a lot about the mentality of cold outreach. We mentioned some really good trends and some some uh, some things to kind of consider when you're building a cold outreach system and then obviously the automation and how specifically to set it up using your amazing software. So I encourage everybody to go check out connectandsell.com. You can reach out to Chris um, through the site, uh, reach out to his team. But Chris, why don't you mention where you'd like people to get a hold of you? That's a great analogy. All right, Chris. Well, I'm going to let you get back to the sunny, hopefully sunny day in San Diego and enjoy uh, the conference you're going to, whatever you're there to do. I think you'll you'll kill it no matter what. I'm excited to have this recorded. This has been a um, very exciting episode and I'm, I'll let you know as soon as we get this thing published. All right, sir. Have a good one. Take care.